Hello and thanks for joining us, watching or listening. It's episode 25 of VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast. You can watch us, as um, you know, on VIP YouTube or search for us on Spotify and iTunes. You can download and listen to us. And uh, any review you leave will be um, most welcome, particularly on iTunes. I'm Steve Lillis. With me, my co-host, John Evans. You okay there, John? I'm good, Steve. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, pal. I'm all right. And um, a good guest this week, a very special guest, a boxer whose popularity has mushroomed over the last few months, Manchester's <laughs> very own Macaulay McGowan. How are you, McCauley? Yeah, I'm good, yeah. Who would have thought two losses would get me more popular than 15 <laughs> wins? Oh, that's what I was going to ask you. Last two fights... You come off on the wrong end of a result, but you've got nothing but appreciation after going in there against Tursin Bay, Kulakemet, Kieran Conway, who's a massive for a super welterweight. What's next for you? Is it a return to welterweight? Yeah, I mean, I always boxed them out uh, like middle anyway, but I knew when it was time to step up proper, it would be at welterweight. But then I was going to fight in Dubai at welterweight, and then... You kind of said, oh, he's pulled out on the week of the fight. But here's a fight in five weeks at light middle. So I thought, well, I'm light middle now, so I might as well just eat what I want and stay at that. And uh, it, didn't, it didn't turn out too good. But yeah, I'll be, I'll be, at, I'll be at Welter. I, don't, I, I, I got beat off Kulak, mate, and I thought, well, however you pronounce his name. And I thought, all right, I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I won't box again until I'm a welterweight. And then that opportunity came up, so I just thought, what the hell? Fucking go for it. So that's what I did. So when you got any any date of when you might be out next? I mean, obviously, there's not as many shows as we'd like at the minute. But any any positive news? No, nothing. No, I'm just I'm just uh, just eating well. I'm training. I'm keeping myself fit, and I'll just uh, hopefully get a date soon, which won't be in a not too far future. McCauley, I know I know you say you can't turn down a fight, but now are you going to really look at the options? Now you know you've got you. A third loss in the role, things might change, might they? Yeah. Have you now got to plot, plot a route and be sensible about this now? Yeah, I've got to be... Because it's always been in my hands, like, what's going on. So I'm just like, I'm, I'm a boxer, I'm a fighter. I, no one's looking out for me. I'm looking out for myself. So, But if any fight's offered to me, just pride gets in the way. So maybe I need to, <laughs> need to put my ego aside and my pride aside and think about what's, what's actually best. Because I ain't stupid. I went into both of them fights knowing, well, in hindsight, the Cullet fight was probably 90 to 10 and the Conway was probably 70 to 30 that I'd, I'd win, you know, in, in their favour. So I'm going to have to, when a fight comes up, I'll have to, instead of jumping out and saying, yeah, I'll uh, have a sit down first and, and think about what's right. At the end of the day, it's, each fight now is a must win. So it's kind of a good, kind of feels a, a good, exciting position to be in. Like, I'm, I'm 27 at the end of this year, so I've got to really do the business and and it, everything's a must win now. So I like being in them positions because I can't, I've got no excuses and I can't hide. I've got to put the graft in. So, uh, yeah, I've got no leeway because it's a must win situation every time now. Brilliant. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll get, we'll, you can earn your keep here. You, you, you're calling your earning here tonight of zero <laughs> by chatting boxing now, you know. You, um, <laughs> yeah. Right, um, how it works, Macaulay, we have six topics, we've all picked out two each, three minutes each round, and well, at the end of the three minutes, um, well, if you're, if anyone's still talking and you're still talking, you're the last person at three minutes, you'll think you're in the ring with Kula Kemet, because John <laughs> gets very angry, and what happens, John, at the end of three minutes? 
Yeah, I'll take you back to your days when you were in Arnie's gym before you turned over, Macaulay, with Mark Thompson. You know, I'll go into that mode and... All my first few spars with Matthew Wall, ding. <laughs> oh, whenever his name comes up, everyone is it talks about Matthew in all oh, their spars of him, and it brings back nightmares for everyone. But round one, John, is over to you. I will start with a fight that was a week ago now, and it was Tim Zoo. Um, big footsteps to follow in, hasn't he? And he doesn't fight like his, his famous dad, Costia. You know, he's uh, a bit more reckless. You could say a little bit more exciting. Obviously, nowhere near those levels yet. He's not got Costia's right hand. But I'll tell you what, he's doing everything right, isn't he? I, the first time I saw Zoo was when he fought Denton Vassell from round here. And Denton was at the end of his career then, and I don't think he could take much from it. But since then, you know, what improvements Tim Zoo's made. He's, he's clearing out that group of Australians, isn't he? I think he's yeah. only got that Michael Zarafa left. You know, then he's got Brubacker, Jeff Horn, Dennis Hogan straight, has got links there. Um, probably Zarafa next, I would have thought. And then he's ready, isn't he? You know, he's ready to go. Light middleweight's a horrible division to break into, and he's going to have to leave Australia and go over to America to do it. But um, fair play to Tim Zhu, a, a real exciting addition to that 154. You know what, I, I hadn't studied him really, John. I knew of him, obviously, through his dad's link, and maybe I was a bit snobby about it. Um, oh, he's only there because of his dad. And then I watched him in the home fight last summer, and that really, really impressed me. I know Horn has seen better days, but it was the way he beat a washed-up fighter. He showed no mercy, no sympathy. He showed a nasty sign in a proper number. And last week, just as good again against a fighter who's seen better days. But he's doing proper numbers on these guys. And I was thinking back earlier, you know, when you mentioned this was your topic, I'm thinking, are they the best father and son double act since Corey and Leon Spinks? I think that Corey was the last one to emulate his dad and win a world title, I think. Obviously, we've got the Eubanks in this country, but I think Corey and Leon were the last pair, you know, who, who, had who won a world title, both won world titles, and there's real hope here. Have you seen him, McCauley? To be honest, no, I haven't seen, seen uh, lots of him. I've obviously heard of him. I'd seen it when he dent in the cells fighting him, so I thought, you know, I'll um, have a quick look. But I didn't really take too much interest, but him beating Dennis Hogan the way he did, that, I think, I thought, wow. That's a big win because Dennis Hogan's no mug. Like he got, a, he was on the wrong end of the decision with Jamie yeah, Munger, yeah, yeah. and um, he stepped up. I think he fought one of the Charlo twins. You know, he so for Tim to do was he had fifteen fights or something to go yeah. out and, and do a job on him. You know, and I, I'm obviously I'm not from Australia, so I don't see, I don't know like what they're like on their social media and whatnot. But he doesn't seem to get the critics as much as other father and son acts. So he, he must be like he must be being compared well, if you know what I mean. Like others, other father and son, the, the slagged off. Where I think mean, he's a bit loved, so he's doing something right. You don't hear much from him, do you? You know, he, no. he, he doesn't seem to shout his mouth off or anything. He just seems to go about his work. And I tell you what, I, I, well, none of us were following him from the start, had we? So we can't accuse him of following, following, you That's know, right, trading yeah. off his dad's name. So he's he's done it all by fighting. <laughs> Right, round two, someone who, um, this is, you know, who McCauley might be interested in. Connor go all the way. Connor Ben, how far can you guys think he can go as well? I mean, on his debut, I wouldn't have backed him to get past area level. I was not, I didn't think he had a southern area with him. But 
he's been, you know, he's got that name and nepotism's worked for him. You know, I, I guess he's financially okay because he's been able to live boxing full time. He's been matched so well by Eddie Hearn and um, the improvement is just incredible. And it shows what you can get if you, if you, you know, you have that you, you, people spend that time with you. You, you know, you can concentrate on boxing. You can be matched the right fights, the right time. And it's the same as what's going to happen with Campbell Hatton. I hope, and he can come through. And I'm not saying for a minute he's going to be up there with the likes of Spence, Crawford, Garcia, Porter, but so many great fights for him. You know, he's got Samuel Vargas this weekend. And you know what? I wouldn't be shocked if he ended up in the winner of Khan versus Brook. It would not shock me because he sells it so well. So many good fights out for him. Avanesian, McKinson, winner of Jenkins, Esselman. Him and Lewis Crocker would be an incredible um, tear-up. Um, you know, have you seen him? What's your impressions, McCauley, yeah. how far he can go? I really like him, me. I, th I think he can. Um, obviously, going back to the debut, he was he weren't the best, was he? But the improvements and everything else, you can't say... You can't say because he's dad. That's all him. All hard yep. work and dedication. It, it must be. So I mean, don't get wrong. He's been managed the right way and stuff. And but and but he's still got to do the job. And he'll get managed into world level, and then it's up to him. But going to get the look of the draw, and he might not get. Look, there's some fighters out there that you know dead on. They'll be world champion. They've got it. Where some I think have to be managed into it a bit more than others. And I think he will get managed into one. Look, and I'm trying not to talk about me, but I'm a boxer like. If I boxed the lad that Colette met for, for the other day, I'd be in the top 15 now with the WBC. But I'm not. So, I'm not, I mean, I'm not better about it, but it's about how you manage sometimes and the fights that you take. But he's putting in the work and, you know, if he's, if he's paying his dues, who am I to judge him and say he won't be world level because he's the one getting it. So, fair, fair play to him. I, I like him. Yeah, I, I, I like him. He's great to watch as well, isn't he? You know, he's, he, he's learning, but he's been exciting while he's been going along as well. A good fight for him this weekend. I think with that Sam Vargas, he, he should be safe there. But McCauley will appreciate it as well. You know, Connor's popularity's grown, hasn't he? He cuts a fantastic promo, doesn't he? That promo he did after his last fight, I think it just turned everyone's opinions. The things he was saying, the way he said it, and the way he, he carried himself. Really well done, Connor Ben, over the last 12 months. And who knows where he can end up? He sells himself brilliantly like his dad did. You know, he yeah. sold that Dark Destroyer image. He sells himself brilliantly. Uh, your your first topic, McCauley, um, check weigh-ins and whether they're more harm than good. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I had a few check weigh-ins and they weren't too bad, but you wear the fighters and they're making, and they're cutting serious amounts of weight or they're coming in the ring the next day uh, after 24 hours, real, like 15 pounds, 20 pounds. So to be coming over that weight, they must be weight, and to reach the check weigh-ins must be harmful. So, like, the check weighs are, what, like, 5% on the week? But most guys, top level, are cutting 10%. So, how are they having to be 5% within their weight and then a bit further out still having to be 10% out? How are they then? It's like they're having to make the weight three or four times before they actually make the weight. So, is that doing more harm than good? This is just me throwing it out there. Like, with some fighters, it won't be as bad. But the bigger guys cutting more weight than I think it's got to be. So, but yeah, that's my topic. Well, the perfect example of this recently, there were, when Josh Kelly put a photograph up, photograph up of his check weight before Avanesian, and I know there was rumours going around that he'd, he'd done a weight cut to make the check weight. 
if you watch, if, if Josh is watching a match wrong, tell me, Josh, if it's bullshit. But yeah, understand it. You know, some guys will be doing two or three weight cuts just to pass for check weight and then make the weigh-in. What's the other way around it, though? You know, if, if you take check weights out, people will be doing the, the MMA method of taking 20 pounds out yeah. the day before, won't they? What, what's the what's the solution to that? But, but, uh, oh, sorry, sorry go on, Sarah, <laughs> you, it's your topic, Macaulay. I'd rather hear no, your I, version than your opinions than mine. No, I just feel like the black and white of it is guys are going to cut weight and the, there's a load of science now behind it and all this, but no matter what, no matter how you move the boundary, they're going to cut weight. So unless they're going to start checking weight or make the check weigh-ins a, a larger percentage or they check their dehydration levels at the check weigh-in, I don't know if they can do that. But I just think we're just saying a check weight and a certain percentage of the weight, when we all know the top guys are cutting serious amount of weight, I think it's doing more harm than good. It, like, you know, being dehydrated for longer or more times than you should be. Instead of letting them just make the weight once and once only. Steve. Yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I don't, you know what, it's, Derek, you know, wrong if you do, wrong if you don't, you know, end these check weights, because as John said, you're going to get these guys just going on the vitamin C two days before the fight and just urinating all sorts out of them, you know, all sorts of, you know, and get the weight down like fighters have done. You know, I just think, Right now, I think I, I think you've got to stick with these check weights because, as John says, it's going to be even more dangerous. But I'm wondering, do you think on the day weigh-ins would make any difference instead of the night before? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, next topic is... I know we've sort of got used to behind-closed-doors shows and there's been some unique venues, shall we say, but... Watching Carl Frampton at weekend, you know, a, a guy who's built his reputation on creating massive atmospheres and taking that fan base all over the world. Watching him bring his career down in like a, an empty, empty centre-parks dome at weekend, I just thought it was really sad. You know, but we've seen some soulless venues. That was as bad as it gets, wasn't it? It, it was terrible. Yeah. The MC, I know you're going to talk about M. Steve, didn't, didn't help. Um, and it just made me realise, you know, we've got to get these fans back, don't we? Something I wanted to ask McCauley, you know, we, we see fighters, you know, who are doing well where there's no crowds and they ask what it's like walking in and everything. What's it like when you're on the wrong end of something and you know it's going bad and you're just purely having to grit your teeth and survive? What's that like without a crowd? Oh, <laughs> to be honest, the second fight with Conway, it had a crowd, didn't it? I had the, yeah, the second one did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the first one with... Um, Collect me. Um, I had Kofi. I could hear Kofi screaming and and the coach, and that was it. But uh, yeah, it it was horrible. He got out of the ring. It was silent. Uh, yeah. It it felt like a box at the end of a show. You know, like a Frank Warren show where it's taking the ring down around you. But I was the main event, so uh, it, yeah, it was weird. It was weird. Um, I can't really explain it in any way. It was weird, but. Well, yeah, with Carl Frampton, I think they expected him to win. I think they must have, they must have thought he was going to win because no way, if they thought like he weren't, like there's a big chance that he weren't, I think they would have waited till crowds are back and made a big deal. But uh, I don't know. You know what? I think what made it, I think you make a really valid point, John, but I think what made it more eerie the other night was Carl didn't look right from getting in the ring. He looked to me like he'd eaten himself into the weight a little bit. Um, and I don't mean anything derogatory to Carl Frampton. You know, I've spoke to him on text since the fire. I won't have a word against him. 
But I just think the way we saw him there, it wasn't just the size of um, Herring, who was naturally bigger, but it was the way Carl was in that, in that ring on the night. He was just an absolute pow shadow of the man who's had a procession of world title fights. And that, coupled with the awful production of the night, like some sixth form thing, kids doing their A-levels, was um, I think that just added to it all, Carl's performance and the way he was. Because I'm watching there, seeing a man I've followed for years, old in the ring before my eyes, and he could have been fighting at Super Bantam or Featherweight. It wouldn't have made a difference the other night. But it, it, it just didn't look great on TV. But it was a fight. They had, they, had, they had to get this fight away, John. You know, yeah, it was either that, it was either now, or Shackle would have been kicking off and Carl would have lost the fight. So I think, you know, you you you, you cut them that bit of slack, but... Three. Three. Right, round five. Understate or overrated? Um, Cook McCauley would be vital here because he's been in the ring. And the role of the MC. Now, to me, look, you've got some great... Jimmy Lennon Jr., you know, sells it brilliantly. Buffer at his peak did, but I think too much is made these days about the role of an MC in a fight, how they call a fight. Like the guy was shocking the other night. You know, he was really, really, really poor in Dubai on the Frampton Herring card. Um, but to me, you know, do we owe, do, do we make too big a deal of MCs? Do some of them like the story almost to be behind about themselves? Like, I don't know David Diamante. But, you know, you've got a guy in his 50s who walks around with a trilby indoors. They, have, they like to portray this image, and it's not about them. And I, to me, I want an MC to announce the fight. I don't want him to, you know, I don't get sold on by a fart on how an MC sells it to me. If you're listening to the weather on ITV News, the weatherman tells you it's going to rain, it's cloudy, it's sunny. We're in Manchester. Use your children. It's going to piss down every day. It don't make you want to go. He's not there to make you want to go out or sell it to you. And I just think we overplay the role of MCs a little bit. I know some people are quite upset like that because they're quite sensitive souls. How do you feel, MC McCauley? I, I, I disagree with you there. I think, I think we should be... I don't think we should be like... I don't think we should like make a big deal about him, but I think an MC should be, should be pretty brilliant. I, and I slagged off that. I mean, I put a few tweets about that guy the other day, but he's saying he's from a fairground. But I love it, mate. Just like enthusiasm. As long as he gets the name right, the record, as long as he gets the, like, the facts right, it, I don't care how they pronounce it. You've got to get the facts right. Show the respect by getting your name right. And then, you know, if you want to be a bit wacker and, you know, make a bit of... Me watching it, when I'm watching it, I love a, a crazy MC. I think it's great. Uh, I was an amateur for years and you'd be in little social clubs and an old man and he, and he reads your name out dead miserably and you think, oh, whatever. You know, this isn't boxing. This is let's get ready to rumble. So when, so it don't matter if he's Michael Buffer, Jimmy Lennon Jr. or whatever. If the MC is enthusiastic, gets the facts right, I'm, I'm all for it. I love it, mate. <laughs> you know, I, I think a good one really improves a, a main event, but a bad one can ruin it, can't they? The, the worst thing an MC can do is give away a split decision or a majority decision but, just yeah. by reading the scores out. That's unforgivable. And, and there's been MCs who've been doing job for years who balls that up every time you do it. Yeah. And that should be an instant sacking. But yeah, a, a good one can make it, but a bad one can really ruin it, I think. Uh, and another one, what a, a trick British MCs used to do, and I think Frank Maloney or Andy Aileen told me this. When it's a, they say it's a split decision, whoever they call out first with winning the first card... 
is the winner of the fight. Hey, I like that. I like how you let that goal there, John. We needed to get that goal. Okay, um, final round. McCauley is going to take us away with social media opinions. Yeah, so I think... So social media, right? There's so many opinions. Everyone's got an opinion. Subconsciously, if you're a ref, you're a boxer, you're a fighter, coach, whatever, you're going to take some of these opinions in because we're on it all the time, if you're on it all the time anyway. So are we becoming boxing public soft like every time there's a few punches landing or a bit of a knockdown like everyone's on social media it should have been stopped it should have been stopped and I, I know that was happening on my fight with Kalakma and I, probably even a few rounds with the Conway fight I'm not talking about me like I have my opinion on that I'm talking about fights where they are a bit to and fro like, I'd have a puncher's chance but when there's a puncher in the ring and he's taking a bit of a beating I think just let it go ahead Imagine if um, Frank Cappuccino was on social media. We would have had Mickey Ward or um, Gatter. You know what I mean? We would have been too worried about what Paul on a fake account said about him not stopping it. So, so uh, yeah, I, I think we're becoming very soft. I think everyone's too opinionated and we're coming a bit, uh, the boxing bubble's coming a bit soft. If someone's going to knock him out, let him earn it. That's what I think. I, I, do you know what, Macaulay? I, I agree. I'm not in there, so I don't know what my opinion stands for. But look at the great fights. Can you imagine Ben McClellan? We wouldn't have had an oh, tragic ending, but what a fight. We wouldn't have had that fight. We wouldn't have... Oh, hundreds... I can't even think of them off the top. Gatti Ruelas, Gatti Rodriguez. These absolute wars where people were on the verge of getting stopped, you know, and virtually dragging themselves up off the floor and then finding fight-winning punches. And I know the world's changed, hasn't it? You know, every everything's, uh, I don't want to say softer these days, but, oh, yeah, everything's softer, softer these days, we're, isn't we're, it? We're, know, yeah, everything's softer, John. We're in, look, you know, we're, we're in this woke world now where everyone's, you know, offended by everything, offended yeah. by everything. And, you know, every boxer, anything they're saying, if a boxer has, you know, going away from the, the topic, the, the, the subject Macaulay makes or the... the the shout you make there is bang on about yeah officials trainers that they read they read social media and they're affected by it. oh did I do wrong there but you know because there might be as you call them twenty pools with eight numbers after their name without a picture of saying this you know we've all got insecurities and we all take these on board you know you've got to develop a rhino skin but yeah I mean they are affected but it's not just this I think you know in boxing in general. Boxers, a lot of boxers, trainers, there's insecurities there and they're worried sick about what's said about them on social media because you can see how often they bring that topic up. Yeah, yeah. But like, say a referee that did Gatta, Rulez, and then he went on social media and was like, that should have been stopped. The next referee that referees Gatta will have it in the back of his head. Oh, he's taking too many shots here. I'll have to stop it. And then we wouldn't have seen the, the, consistent wars we've seen Gatti in. I know there's more topic on brain injuries and everything like that. I know that, but we we know more now. Like, we, we hear about more fights. There's fights going on now in a little gym somewhere that will end up on box rec that we don't know. There's millions of fights all the time. So, if you think about it, only a small percentage are ending pretty tragic, which I, I wish it was none, but it's the sport that we're in. So, I, I don't think it's fair that every time there's a bit of a war going on, there's a bit of a hard fight, everyone's screaming for it to be stopped or giving the referee or the coach slagging them off because they haven't stopped it and, and stuff like that. I think I think the boxers know the risk. So, 
Yeah, Man, he's a little bit isn't he? When there's a great fight, everyone's yeah. praising and saying, "What a fight! What a war!" You know, great warriors. What fantastic spectacle! But then the same people will be saying, "Oh, it should be stopped! It should be stopped!" You know, but, but I think it's quite obvious when a fight should be stopped. Yeah. You now, when you've watched <laughs> a lot of fights, that there's a point where it's quite obvious. You know that, yeah. that that's it. Carl Frampton, <laughs> weekend. That was hey. a, an obvious stoppage, wasn't hey, it? You know yeah, what? Definitely. I was just I was just going to say that, John. I thought, and McCauley might disagree here. I thought when Carl went down for the second that second knockdown, his body sort of shook, and that was obvious that he was gone from that shot. You know, yeah, it, it was the instinct of a fighting man, a warrior of fighting at the highest level, was an amateur and pro since senior amateur. I think two thousand and five, he won his first national senior. Yeah. So got him up from that second knockdown. But you saw the way I think his upper up the, the reaction of his upper body when he was hurt there. That second knockdown was quite was I found that quite. I said to my wife when we were watching it, that's just scared me. That yeah, he was out before he hit the floor. I thought the referee should have waved it off. Um, I don't think I think it's sad that Jamie Moore had to throw the towel in. Yeah. I think the ref should have stopped it, but uh, Jamie did the right thing on that call. So I'm, I am brought this subject up because of that. I'm just I'm just no, saying it in general. No, it's, it's a really good point and. Something that you know, you, you as I said to you when you messaged me today, and that, I said that was a brilliant topic because it's something you know, until you said that, I'd never really thought about like corners or I'm worried about what you know, as you call yeah. Paul 78986 on Twitter's gonna say. And you know, some, some in it, some cornermen are you know, look, it's like all of us sometimes we don't like criticism and you know, and some are more sensitive than others, yeah, yeah definitely. I, I'm well. I, I don't get me wrong, I can get sensitive by it. Like, if any fighter comes on and says, you don't read social media, a liar, you search your name, the, the bar at the top, and see what people have said after the fight. So, <laughs> and you see people, see people that have been tagged, you slagging you. You're like, oh, but you just type in your name, McGowan. I don't think I remember that, but you don't take it for right. You forget about can, it can, you, can you remember the best thing you've read about yourself, McCauley? <laughs> I, I, I remember, I can't remember the best thing I said. I think someone compared me once, they went, um, someone was getting battered in a fight, and he went, "At least you did." No, the boys, the bar against Joyce. He went, "You got battered more than that, and you did quit." I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "I don't think that. I think that's a bit of a. I don't know if that was a compliment or not." And he's compliment that, isn't it? But yeah. I tell you what, I'll just leave it. With <laughs> What's funny? You said something there about boxers searching their name. It's when you see someone on Twitter who you've seen on Twitter regularly. Just bang, bang, hammering into boxers non-stop, you know, like someone like Fowler, Anthony Fowler, who I get on so well with, gets it non-stop on, on, on Twitter. And then you'll get someone saying, um, you'll get someone who you've seen on Twitter constantly chinning fighters with tweets, right? And um, yeah. they'll say, oh, so-and-so's never blocked me. I've never said a word, I've never, met, never said a word to him in my life. You know, they don't realise they've been calling him a Muppet for the last six months and that person searches for it, as you say. Yeah, of course. course just because you attacked him in it, we still see it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> one other one before we let you go, Macaulay. Um, I know you're, you're a, a gift now, aren't you, with your ring walk, but... I suggest it's the greatest ring walk music no one's ever used, and it's the Elvis intro music. If you can get some white rhinestone shorts and a cape and come out to the intro music for Elvis's concerts, that's it. You, you've cracked right. it. You can't right. I'll, ring walks. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll do that. Right. <laughs> well, my my favourite ring walk music, and he knows this, um, is um, Enzo Mack when he comes out to Won't Back Down. I think that's absolutely the ultimate Tom ring Pat. walk song. 
Brilliant, Tom Petty. I think that is a brilliant song for someone who is an out-and-out fighter. I think that's... Yeah. Right, I, I come I'm out to Jarrell and a shanty. I don't know what. <laughs> oh well, fellas, it's you know what it was? Sorry, because I took it last minute. I, I'm always on time. That was I just uh, not always there when you call, but I'm always on time. So I just thought I'll, I'll have that. Oh, God. <laughs> fellas, I can't thank you both enough for this week. You've been brilliant, both of you. Uh, Macaulay, you've been a breath of fresh air on here this week with your opinions and uh, a lot of um, food for thought, as we say, John. Thanks very much, as always. I know you've been watching sparring today, John, down at Steve Maylet's gym, sir. So I'll let you get a day off from um, a night off from boxing. Fellas, thanks very much. Not one, Steve. Thanks, John. For all boxing, info, news, and latest interviews, amateur and pro, across and off, click and subscribe. VIP, boxing promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.